Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Galloway's Eye. Here we aim to bring you information on our services and activities, as well as some entertaining sound bites outside of the world of Galloway's. There are numerous ways you can listen to us. We can send you CDs or you can find us on our Galloway's Alexa skill, our website or British Wireless for the Blind Fund. And if you want to hear more from us, check out the Galloway's Get Together show with Jill and Bob, which can also be found on our Alexa skill and website. And don't forget, we are still here for you. You can call us on 01772 744148 and speak to one of our site loss advisors. Coming up, track two, an important message from our CEO Stuart Clayton. Track three, our head of services Rachel Watkinson and head of income generation and communications Nicola Hanna discuss details of our exciting new strategy. Track four, our ECLO and services manager Glenn brings you news you have all been waiting for, details of when the rest of our centres are reopening. Track 5. Billy from Lancaster tells us all about a new peer-led group she is setting up. Track 6. Discover what happened during our driving day. You can also hear more on our Galloway's Get Together show which is on our Alexa skill and website. Track 7. Charlotte gives us an update on what has been happening in the world of fundraising. Track 8. It's never too early to start planning our Christmas do. So find out more from our team, followed by an interview with the night's entertainment, blind comedian James Connell from Southport. Track 9. Have you got a healthy appetite? Bob and Jill gives us a few ideas of meals packed with nutrients to look after our eyes as part of National Eye Health Week. Track 10. James gives us an update on what is happening in our Get Active programme this autumn. And finally, track 11, quiz to get your brain fired up. Thanks for listening. Tune in in December for our next Galloway's Eye. Hello, it's Stuart Clayton from Galloway's here. There's been lots going on at Galloway's recently, so we wanted to give you an update on some of the important changes. Staff changes. The implementation of the new plan has meant changes to existing jobs within Galloway's and the creation of new jobs. Due to this, there has been some movement within the team and we wanted to share this with you. Angie Turner, who most of you will know from her long service at Galloway's and, and in, her, in her role as volunteer coordinator, has now left and taken up an exciting new job elsewhere. We are very pleased to tell you that we have appointed a new volunteer lead, and that is, and that is Joseph Gardner. Joseph has worked at Galloway's for over 18 months in his position as 
cafe manager at Broomy Sunshine in Morecambe. Before joining Galloway's, he previously worked in a similar role and will be starting his new role very soon. I'm sure he will be in touch to say hello as soon as he finds his feet. Pauling Matsorley, who was a site loss advisor in our Morecambe office, has moved into a new role as a rovey for Lancashire County Council. Also, after many years working with us, Jenny Maxfield, our team assistant in Morecambe, has left Galloway's. We wish all staff that have moved on from Galloway's all the very best for the future. My news. I would also like to let you know that after nine wonderful years at Galloway's, I've decided to move on. I've thoroughly enjoyed my time here, and I'm extraordinarily proud of being part of the journey which has led to the, to the amazing organisation we all know today. I am confident that Galloway's is in an extremely strong position, with an outstanding board of trustees leading and investing in the organisation, and a new and exciting three-year three business plan developed with input from everyone. I am confident that we have a strong management team which will deliver the aspirations set out in the new plan, and a highly skilled, energised and committed team who will, as always, deliver above and beyond our expectations. As part of the implementation stage of the new plan, we are about to begin a process of recruitment for more than 10 new existing job roles. All of the roles will be featured on our website, so please have a look and share with friends and family. This is intended to update you on the changes we have made and will make in the future, but if you do have any questions, then please give us a call on 01772 744 148 or email us on info at galloways.org.uk With the very warmest of wishes, Stuart Clayton. last edition we revealed a summary of our new strategy to help us deliver the services you tell us you want and last month Nicola Hanna our head of communications and income generation and Rachel Watkinson head of services delivered a talking together session to discuss the plans in more depth if you missed it here is an edited recording of the session so I'm I'm Nicola um, Nicola Hanna, so I'm head of the income generation, so the fundraising um, and the communications here at Galloway's. And um, my colleague Rachel, who I'm sure a lot of you will know, who heads up all of our, our wonderful services, is, is with me. So we're going to be do a bit of a, a duo. Um, uh, yeah, French and Saunders, maybe. I don't know. What's French? Well, I think we can work that out. But anyway, um, we, we want to give you um, an overview, really, of, of the, the work we've been doing on, on the new Galloways, I suppose. Um, it's been well, 12 months nearly now since we started that work. And, and the reason we decided we needed to think about it, it was actually during a, a meeting during lockdown, early lockdown, when we knew that the whole world was changing. Um, we completely changed the way in which we deliver our services. Um, so we no longer could have people coming into our buildings, for example, that had to stop. 
Um, but we, what we were most concerned about was that we can't, we couldn't lose that support that we were giving to people, and we couldn't lose those connections. Um, you know, the people that we're here for, people that are living with sight loss, are our main reason for being. So we had to do something different, and so we did. We started to change our services. But after about a month of that, as myself, Rachel Stewart, and Hasanga, who heads up our operations and finance. And we, we had to make a decision, do we carry on for the next however long this is gonna be, doing what we're doing now and not really knowing what that might look like in the future, or do we really need to sort of take a step back, do some really good work to understand what Galloway's needs to do in the future and how we need to change. And, and we took that decision sort of 11 months ago that we, do, we did need to think about that and we did need to plan. Um, and I think um, just to kind of jump ahead a bit, now that we're coming out of the other side of that and we're ready to start implementing those changes, a lot of other organisations that we're talking to are only just starting to agree to take that next step in thinking about what that means. So actually, us making that really brave decision 11 months ago has put us in a really good place, I think, as Galloway's, um, to be the right organisation for the people that we're here to, to support and also to make sure that we grow um, as, we, as we move on as well. So kind of looking back to 11 months ago when we took that really big gulping decision, um, it was going to be a process, we knew that. But the most important part of that process was the research. And we called that our discovery phase. So, you know, we, we're not here to make decisions about Galloway's and what Galloway's needs to be for people. The people that we're here for need to make those decisions. We need to talk to our stakeholders. And, and our stakeholders are varied. So yes, the people that live, live with sight loss, but they're also the friends and family of people that live with sight loss. They're also the people that fund us, our donors, um, bigger funders, corporates, um, our staff group. Um, there's a whole rate of commissioners. Yeah, commissioners that, and clinicians was quite a big one. And also people that we currently support who are already within our kind of support network but quite crucially, people that didn't access our services because we needed to understand why they didn't access our services and what types of services would have been helpful for them in their sight loss journey. So there was quite an in-depth and, and lots of varied conversations based on who we were consulting with at the time. Um, and we asked varied questions, particularly those with sight loss of for people early on in their sight loss journey. So newly diagnosed people versus those that have been living with sight loss and are very experienced and confident in dealing with their sight loss. So it was a hugely varied piece of consultation that we did across a number of different people and organisations too. Yeah, and we, we did that in various ways. So we held focus groups with people. We had one-to-one telephone conversations with, with a, um, a lot of people. And we also used our welfare calls as an opportunity to talk to people and ask them what they felt and thought as well. So we did over 800 different interactions with different stakeholders. Um, and then what, what came, that went on probably for about a six week to two month period of just talking to people. Um, we had an external person, a lady called Philippa, who I don't know if any of you were involved in some of those conversations, you probably would have spoken to. And she gave, what she gave was a completely objective view of, of things. She listened to people. Um, and, and that was really valuable because it meant that A, the people that we were talking to felt safe and confident. They could talk openly and honestly about Galloway's. 
um, and their own experiences. But also it just meant that there was no, there was no bias. There was nobody from Galloway's kind of thinking, oh, well, I, yeah, I'm hearing you, but I don't think that's right. It was completely objective. And then, so once Philippa had gathered all that information together, she went away and, and, and created um, the key outcomes, really. Um, so what are the things that, that Galloway's need to be? What do we need to be thinking about? How do we need to change for the better? Um, and so Philippa created a, a report, basically, um, that she brought back into Galloway's. We couldn't hide from. We had to, we had to move on from that knowledge base. Um, because it was what everybody had told us. We, we couldn't deny that this is, this is a, the direction of travel. And so from that document, we, the SLT, so our, we call it SLT, Senior Leadership Team, so it's myself, Rachel, and Hasanga, we picked that document up and said, okay, what are the key themes coming out of this? What are the things that people are telling us and how do we take that forward? And, I, and I'll be really honest, it was, it was massive. It was... It was really daunting. Um, it took us ages to, to sort of pull out what we think were the important things and also not lose any of all that amazing information that we've been given because actually we're in a really lucky place to have been given all of that information because quite often organisations go away and they, they create a strategy that isn't, that isn't um, uh, kind of co-produced. It isn't, doesn't have the voice of the people that are benefiting from that organization and we had that so it was actually well, whilst it was a, a fantastic place to be it also made it more difficult because there was so much information it was really rich all of the you know, the, the information was rich but there, there was some when you really drill down to it there was some very very key themes that came out of it wasn't there yeah do you want to talk about those yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so the key themes that came out of, of that huge discovery piece over 800 consultations interviews with, with different different people across our across Lancashire and Sefton um, there was people wanted some different some changes to accessing our services that was a really big one um, assessment was the other one so how they felt that kind of assess assessment and their interaction was with us um, the, there was communications there was some messaging out there of I don't know what you do I kind of know you but I'm not sure what you do and I don't really know how to get hold of you and um, I don't think that's very clear so that needed some work so it was communications came through digital came through massively digital and technology assistive technology um, and the learning and skills around that and digital in terms of being able to access services in a digital way alongside face-to-face. -face. Um, early intervention was a huge one that people felt that that was absolutely critical in terms of their sight loss at that point of diagnosis. We already knew that and obviously we're, we're experienced in delivering at closed services across the, back, the patch. But one of the biggest ones was community. So um, what came through very strongly through consultation was that people were the one of the main reasons why they didn't access our services for a start was that our buildings weren't best placed and that actually what we would do, what they felt we would do was sitting in our buildings and waiting for people to come to them, to, for, for, for people to come to us. And actually what they wanted was a more proactive approach of us being more integrated in their community and our services being much more accessible in our community, in their community. And also acting as that kind of community connector between services that are existing in their community and how does somebody with sight loss go and access those services, but our, our services specifically being delivered in the community. 
And then there was also health and well-being of us having a much more broader view on somebody's rounded, um, you know, their, their health and well-being, their general health and well-being, and all of our services should work towards improving health and well-being. Do you want to talk about the next step? Yeah, so um, so what what those are the kind of the key themes that we drew out of the, the research that we were given. And so then what we decided to do was that we needed to involve, a, again, another wider group of people um, to help us work through those things. So, OK, if we're talking about community, what does community mean for Galloway's and for people with sight loss? So what, how do we join that up with, um, with people's expectations, um, the delivery of our services, um, the staffing structure that we have at Galloway's? And so we, we created what we call design workshops. So we did six seven, workshops yeah, six over a period of six weeks. Each workshop was three days and involved a range of the staff team from across Galloway's as well as external people coming in as well. So we had, um, we had different speakers who would come in and talk about, so for example, with community, um, we had an organisation that works within the community and delivers community-based services. And they came to us and talked a bit about what they do and how it works, what are the pros and cons, what works, you know, what doesn't, what have been the pitfalls. So it was three days of, of working to a point where we had at least two ideas of something, a different way of doing things for Galloway's that would mean that we would tick that community box for people. Um, we did it all over Zoom and we did that um, in January and February, just after we went into the second lockdown. Um, and we had planned to do it face to face because we were hoping that by then um, we might be you know, seeing the back of, of having to do everything over Zoom, but we couldn't. We had to do it all over Zoom, which was challenging, but actually worked very, very well. And we came away after sort of eight weeks, really. And um, so we had all the research and we had six weeks of workshop information so we had this huge bank of information and to then we then we had to start saying okay well what what does this mean what how do we create a strategy for Galloway's out of all of this information and that was the next step really for myself Rachel and Hasanga to kind of work that through um, and decide what that looked like and actually the first the first sort of thing we thought about was what does the staffing structure look like so to deliver all these things that we want to deliver and in the way we want to deliver it how do we need to change the way we look in terms of our structure that was one of the first things we did and then we looked at the, what does the makeup of those teams need to be in order to deliver all these wonderful new things that we want we want to do and so that took quite a bit yeah. of time to yeah, it took a while yeah so yeah that's obviously the next step was translated and how do we possibly deliver the services and the support identified in discovery then worked up in our design workshops and how do we translate that into services that we're then able to offer people um, that, that, that are affected by sight loss one of the um you know the one thing that we haven't talked about is that um although you know, our, the, our services predominantly are those for experiencing sight loss. Um, the other thing that came through from discovery and design was that actually we needed a greater emphasis on the friends and families of those affected by sight loss. And actually anything that we offer and anything that we consider in the future, we need to consider friends and family um, in, in, in doing that as well. So that was something that we also needed to incorporate in the new, the new Galloways, if you like. And um, there's a side of Galloway's that um, 
that, that we it's called our contract side so we contract so we have some services that are contracted to us by the nhs and by local authority and that's generally our ECLO. we also deliver our low vision services alongside the reworking of our strategy we've also developed a number of new contracts which added another layer of complexity for the team in terms of delivering services so um, you know we now deliver the rehab service over in Sefton Jenny's on the call she's done an unbelievable job of doing that um, you know so we now deliver rehab services which is a brand new service for Galloway's we've never done that before um, and our low vision services have also expanded so that needed weaving in and working into our strategy as well and actually the development of contracts post-COVID from the commissioners that we spoke to and the, the local hospital trust that we spoke to, that's certainly, there's going to be opportunities there for us to be able to support more people through some contracted services and that'll be based on the impact of COVID. So we'll be looking into that. And um, so one of the things that came out of discovery and design was actually those the accessing services was, was a barrier. And so we needed to look at that first. So the new Galloways includes a new triage system, which will be a central access point into all services. And we'll be able to do kind of initial needs assessment through that triage service. And that person will have to have their fingers in all sorts of different pies for Galloways. They're going to be the connector from somebody inquiring into Galloways to being then being connected to a member of our team, our professionally trained team, and making sure they get the support that they need. So triage and access is a new part of Galloway's, which we're looking into, and that'll be filled at a position that will go out as a vacancy within Galloway's. Um, obviously, community came through quite strongly, so community services plays a big part in our strategy. Um, community services will include um, site loss advice and guidance, but again, that'll be delivered out in the community. Um, and in addition to that, we'll also be looking at some partnership work in the community because that was a huge part, you know, a big thing that came through from discovery and design that we needed to make that, that a way of, you know, that, that of being able to really, really support somebody more fully will be to partner with other organisations in terms of support services. So that will be done out in the community, so that also advice and guidance. And then what we also needed to look at was uh, what does health and wellbeing mean for somebody so when we delved a little bit deeper into health and well-being we came out with um, things like social wellness social opportunities out in the community was hugely important to people and um, the opportunity for physical wellness at the moment we know that is get active so how do we keep people physically well and mental wellness played a huge part in somebody's health and well-being so if we needed to develop services really around kind of um, really focusing on that our purpose is to improve people's health and well-being of those those affected by sight loss so we'll be looking at social wellness physical wellness and mental wellness within our new services but then one of the really big ones that came through was people wanted opportunities to learn new skills and actually that came through particularly for those that were early on in their sight loss journey I, I need to change the way that I live sometimes and I, and I need to understand what that looks like. And so people made all sorts of different varied suggestions around, you know, cooking with sight loss, for example, traveling with sight loss, um, you know, top five pieces of equipment that would help you if you've got sight loss, loads and loads of different things that people wanted to improve their learning and their skills. And that became much broader than technology, for example. It was just kind of hints and tips ideally delivered from somebody else that experienced insight loss um, of how do we you know develop somebody's learning and skills 
And so there'll be a, a, a more of an emphasis on our services in learning and skills. Um, we've also, um, assistive technology and uh, the use of technology has gone nuts in COVID for, our, for, 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 for those that access our services. And Jenny Waits, not team, and so does Amanda. And we, I think we've got Stuart on the call as well, one of our technology volunteers. And actually the demand for support with assistive technology has gone up. So there's a greater resource in that area as well in our services. Um, social opportunities, we'll be definitely be looking at more of that in the, in the community. So uh, more social groups, more activities, more opportunities to meet others that are affected by sight loss as well. Um, so there seems that we're, we're definitely expanding our team and expanding our services, but it's generally around kind of learning skills, social wellness, physical wellness, and then kind of information advice and guidance. And then we've got our kind of um, our contracted services. One of the other areas that uh, those three other areas that were that were acknowledged within the discovery and design phase, and that was children, young people, and family services. The other one was counselling services, and then the other one was employment. Now, unfortunately, there is only so much money in the Galloway Bank, <laughs> so um, they have been identified and certainly acknowledged in our strategy. But they are development projects for Galloways, and we'll be looking at ways of how we can fund those and how we can do that in the future. And actually, we're already working on some really strong applications to fund us to have those types of services. So a huge mix of different services, taking all of that learning from discovery and design. Uh, we're going to go through a big recruitment process for doing that and um, start updating our website with different ways of doing it. But um, at the moment, the team are working hard on planning on how do we deliver all of that as well. But the structure is definitely all in place and the principles are all there too. One of the, the biggest things that we want to do out of all of this and the leading kind of aim of the new strategy is, is getting to more people. Um, and that's people at every stage of their sight loss journey, really, um, and being relevant um, to people. Um, so um, as part of our discovery and design, we had um, a group of people that have worked quite closely with us. And we had two really in-depth sessions with them about how do we, how can we work better with people who have sight loss to give them a voice in how we design our services. So the, the, it's all very well getting the discovery and the research and then implementing that into what that might look like as a service. But in reality, what does that service need to be? How does it really look? And that's what we want to develop as we move forward. And part in being one of those meetings, and we called it the Designing Together Group. One of the people that were on that call is a young lady, and um, she's in her 30s. And she said, one of the things that really stuck with me was that she said, unless I um, can't use my mobile phone, or want to go on a walk in terms of learning and skills development there's not an awful lot else for me at Galloway's but that's how she perceived it and um she was she's pregnant um and she said I want to know about how I um how I look after my baby with sight loss so I'm new I'm a first-time mom I need something different from Galloway's and I think that's when Rachel talks about how we're going to adapt our learning and skills um, it's about being relevant for everybody um, and also allowing people to be able to dip in and out of that resource as well. So they don't have to sit on a week long course to learn these things, but we'll have webinars on a, an area on our website, for example. So you can tune into things in your own time. You might wake up at two in the morning and be worried about something. You can go onto our website and find that information there and then you don't have to wait till the next day and ring us or come and see us. 
it's about being relevant, being there for people when they need us um, and reaching more people um, as well. And I think what we identify within, within Galloway's in terms of our structure were there's some key kind of infrastructure elements to Galloway's that maybe have lacked over the years um, that we need help with. And so there's a couple of key uh, positions that we're going to be recruiting into. Um, one is um, a people manager, so um, probably historically called an HR manager or a, um, a personnel manager, but somebody who can really support the staff team on training and development and thinking about the health and well-being of the staff team at Galloway's as well, so that we have a happy, healthy workforce that are then able to go out and reach more people and do, do all of this great stuff that we're talking about. The other one is we've, we've increased the um, emphasis on our volunteering. So um, the role now is called volunteer lead, and that position is a more senior role within Galloway's there to um, build up training programmes for our volunteers, create bigger opportunities, um, work with volunteers ultimately, and this is probably not going to be year one of our strategy, but to deliver some of those services as well so we can really reach more people. So it's not reliant on the staff of Galloway's, but we can start to kind of slowly integrate volunteers into helping us deliver and support people with sight loss um, as well. Um, the other um, role um, in terms of infrastructure is, is data and compliance. So um, we, um, our data has got bigger. The need to report on what we do, and um, particularly with our um, uh, statutory funders, the NHS and the commissioners that we work with and those services um, that we're delivering from, from that perspective, but also our voluntary donors as well. So it might be a, a, a trust, for example, that gives us um, money to do a, a certain thing. And they want to know what we're doing, how we how we get creating impact with people with sight loss. Are we changing people's lives? Um, so that role will be pivotal in terms of how we bring all of that together so we can go out for more money and how we can tweak and change our service to the rigid. It's not working. You know, it might be working for five people, but there's 5,000 people that need our help. And what do they want? So really drilling down into that and making sure that we understand what we're doing and the overall impact it's having. And I think Rachel touched on the assessment toolkit. So how do we know? So, you know, when we start working with somebody with sight loss, how do we know that what, where they were when they started interacting with Galloway's is a better work by the end of that journey with Galloway's, they're in a better place. And at the moment, we, we don't understand that. So we need to implement something so we can trace and we can monitor um, that as well. So we, we know we're doing it right. Um, from an income gen perspective, it's been a tough year um, in terms of um, a lot of our more traditional ways of raising money. So uh, being in the community, working with schools, with churches, with groups like the Guides, with groups like Rotary, and um, that very much tailed off pretty much 100 percent. We couldn't deliver any of our face to face events either. So we've had a, a tough year. But what we did do, and we were really successful in, is applying to trust and grants givers over that, that 12 month period. And that was extremely successful. But the strategy for that going forward is that we diversify our income streams, we do different things. So we work with corporates in a bigger way. We do have some corporate support, but we don't do it in a planned way. So it's about changing that. Um, it's about understanding those people that give us um, money every month, um, in, you know, 
what is their potential? Could they be giving us more money? What else could they do for us? So really understanding our donors and their motivations to support Galloway's. And that kind of goes back to the data role as well. They'll be able to help us identify and understand that a, a bit more too. So we've got so we've got lots of work. Well, I think what we would say is though, you know, it's been a really tough year for Galloway's, and 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 it's been a particularly tough for our frontline staff. Whether that be fundraising or services, they've really, you know, they, they, I mean, they, they have worked so incredibly hard to support more people than we have ever supported. Um, and I can tell you that it's unbelievable. I mean, you know, just on these types of calls now, we're, we're four hundred and fifty five hundred a month. You know, we've done more than 5,000 welfare calls. Our ECHO services doubled in the last 12 months, despite not being allowed into clinic as much. Our, the demand for our services is huge. And actually, our staff have coped unbelievably well. But it is certainly, and, and you know, I get quite emotional when I think about it because it's just, it's harrowing at times what people are going through out in the community and they're dealing with that on a frontline basis. And um, I've never, ever been more proud than to work in a team like I do here at Galloway's. But I really feel as though this is the turn and this is the tipping point. And although we've got some recruitment ahead of us and we've got training ahead of us, this is hugely exciting, actually, you know, to have a digital knowledge hub that we can populate you know, to have community site loss advisors out in their community, to have impact reports that means that we can challenge statutory services. There's an unbelievable amount of opportunity there. And I feel incredibly grateful and incredibly excited to be a part of it, um, you know, but it's, um, yeah, very exciting. We're excited, aren't we? We are, yeah. We want to continue the energy, I suppose, that we've, we've, that we've kind of, We've been like a, a sort of um, a, a stone gathering moss, haven't we, over the past 18 months and everything's changed and we don't want to go back to the, the pre-COVID Galloways. We want it to be a fresh new Galloways that's right for people. And actually what, in, in a kind of weird way, a perverse way, COVID gave us the opportunity to kind of to do that. It, it, it forced us to do that and we want to keep that momentum going. That's really important for all of us. Um, and so we're, we're now going into a, what we're calling it the implementation stage. So we're agreeing the next six months, what does that need to look like? So that come beginning of April next year, so our, our financial year, the year that we plan against runs April to March. So when we hit beginning of April next year, we're ready to go, ready to start. It will be a phased implementation of all of these new plans. Not everything's going to start happening at the beginning of April. But what the next six months is about is getting the right people in place, the right training and development in place. It's planning with the team. It's that operational planning. What has to happen first? So, you know, are we going to develop the knowledge on our website first? Or are we going to identify how we work in the community? So there'll be a phased approach to the things that we want to do. But so the next six months is about that. It's about making sure that we hit that ground running um, in April. Um, and, and we will continue to consult with people as well. So as we develop those services, we want involvement. And that'll be the next stage of things really. What, okay, so we want to have a learning and skills programme. But what does that look like and how do we deliver it? And that will be when we come back out to, to people um, with sight loss and we, we really understand it in more, in more detail, really. And um, I think what I would say is that obviously we're in implementation now. We're also recovering from COVID. So not literally. We're not, 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 not everyone's recovering <laughs> from lockdowns, aren't they? 
And uh, we've done some research recently through our welfare call service to try and gauge how people feel and how confident they are in terms of accessing group activity again to access face-to-face -face support. It's incredibly varied out there. It is 50-50. It is, you know, there's 50% of people that feel very, very nervous and are not ready to access face-to-face -face services or ready to access group activities. And there's 50% that are really eager to do that. Um, what I would say is the new Galloways hasn't forgotten about those people that access services pre-COVID. Um, so the next stage for us is to have a look at how do we open our sites for those that, um, were, that, that used to attend them. Um, we won't be opening them full-time because we can't do that at the moment because of capacity issues, but we certainly will be looking at an opportunity for people to access, you know, come and see our team to welcome them back, to have a coffee with us, to perhaps see their friends that they would have normally seen in our sites. Uh, we said we would review that in September, and my team have done. So we'll be releasing some news about that soon as to how we can, particularly those that access our sites on a regular basis, how do we get them back? And how can we, um, certainly those that are very nervous, how can we encourage and support them to be able to come back and join that activity? Because we know it's been hugely missed and it's had a huge impact on people not having those types of services. So yeah, what's going on really? Brews up for a chat. That's the name that we're giving to uh, a coffee morning. Obviously, Galloway's has been closed because of the pandemic for for quite some time now. March 2020 was obviously the first lockdown, and we've not really opened up since then. Can you believe that's over 590 days ago? So the idea is obviously that we want to open up, give people the chance to come in and have that face-to-face -face chat with us. Um, come in, we've obviously got lots of catching up to do with brews, biscuits and just general chat. So come and tell us obviously what you've been up to, we'll tell you what we've been up to. And if I run through then the dates that we've got at each site, so it's going to be once a fortnight, which will be the first and the third week of every month, 10 till 12. And here are the different dates. So Southport will be the 1st and the 15th of November. Morecambe will be the 2nd and the 16th of November. Preston will also be the 2nd and the 16th of November. And then Charlie will be the, the 3rd and the 17th of November. So again, those will be 10 till 12. Obviously, during this period of lockdown, Galloway's has been, been really missing, obviously, that face-to-face -face contact with people who we've obviously we've got to know for many, many years. Um, so we want to try and breathe some life back into our sites. You know, they've been quite empty buildings for quite some time. We want to breathe some life into those buildings. So let's bring in some, some chat, some laughter and some clinking of cups. So if you're interested, you want to come and see us in person and have a catch up with us, um, give us a ring on 01772 744 148 and we'll get the kettle on and we'll make sure we've got enough mugs to give everybody a brew.
Matt Galloway's, we want you to tell us what you want. And that is exactly what Billy did. She told us she wanted a peer-led group which was accessible to visually impaired people in Lancaster. So with our support, she's launching a group called I'll Be Seeing You, which will meet at Marsh Community Centre in Willow Lane, Lancaster on the first and third Tuesday of every month from 1.30pm to 3pm. The first one starts in November. Here is Billy to tell us more. My name is Billy and I thought it would be a marvellous idea to start a local group for anybody who lives locally to Lancaster that identifies with having a vision problem. We could meet a couple of times a month to support each other, to share ideas, to share tips, to maybe organise trips, to maybe get speakers in and uh, do different things. So the idea that is the uh, group is quite informal, we just come along, we chat, we do what we want, we can organise things, we can do what the group wants. I don't want to be in charge, it should be a mutual thing and we're all come as equals. I think it's important to do what we want and not what other people think that we want. I think it should be just blind people and partially sighted people. and not fully sighted people telling us what they think we want. So we'll meet on the first and third Tuesday of every month and it will be between 1.30 and 3pm at the Marsh Community Centre on Willow Lane in Lancaster and it's five minutes walk from the train station in Lancaster so if it's just down the hill from the train station. There's, a, there's comfy chairs, there's like three pieces sweet and the centre has said that we can use their tea and coffee. I think that at the moment the name of the group is I'll be seeing you where the I'll is E-Y-E apostrophe L-L because that's a pun and I think it's funny. We'll be seeing each other but we won't be seeing each other but we will be seeing each other. So if you a local, we, I would really love you to get involved, come along, bring your blind friends and I think we'll have fun. This month we had the absolute pleasure of taking some of you out for our driving day at Three Sisters Race Circuit in Wigan. We could not have done it without the help of all the drivers who gave their time to support us and allow us to drive in their cars or sit as passengers. And of course, our wonderful volunteers who helped out during the day. So we want to say a huge thank you. Were you there that day? Well, don't worry if you missed out, as we invited Jolie Mackerath from BBC Radio Lancashire to help us tell the region what we were doing and she kindly allowed us to use her recording, which aired on the afternoon slot that day. So, here is her recording, courtesy of BBC Radio Lancashire. So you 
you join me here at Ashton in Makerfield at the Three Sisters race course. So I'm joined by James Colton. He's one of the organisers. James, let's just describe what we're looking at now. We've got a whole group of driving school cars that anybody would learn to drive in, dual controlled. We've got a group of Porsches here. So we've got Porsche 911s, 944s, Boxsters, Caymans. And then we've also got some classic cars. And last but not least, we've got an Aston Martin. Well, today is really dependent on people's kindness, volunteers, and one of those is Mark Kelly, who has brought along one of his cars. Go on, Mark, tell me, what are we looking at? So we're looking at uh, a Ford Escort Mark II, which has been developed into a modern-day rally car. Why did you get involved? It's my pleasure again to, to be here, to be able to help, and it's just such a joy to drive the car. and to be able to do it and give people this experience it's amazing there's lots of gorgeous cars here but one of them that everybody keeps eyeing up is a gorgeous aston martin i've also had my eye on it and james bond here also known as tim is brought it along go on just tell me a bit more about it tim well it's the aston vantage 4.2 v8 the old school manual and how much fun have you had so far? It's nice to get the reaction of, of people you take around. You know, that's what I like. You, you put smiles on faces. And that's what we're here for. And the good thing for me, my grandmother had a nice sort of few five or six years at Galloway's. So I thought, well, I can't say no to that. So I'm joined by Steph and Adil. Steph is from the Porsche Enthusiast Club and Adil has just had a go in a Porsche. What was that like for you? Uh, it was amazing, yeah. It was, it was very nice. I'd not been in a Porsche before and, uh, and Steph was a wonderful driver, yeah. Did she take it easy on you or was she quite a quick driver? She did boot it down uh, some bits but, but, but the racetrack is quite twisty so yeah, she, she, she took it quite comfortable and stuff, yeah. Steph, what's it like for you getting involved in this event? It's something that we've participated in for the last few years um, and it's rather humbling to actually share our Porsches and our love of the brand um, with the people who are visually impaired and blind and who can't actually experience it like we do. Um, so it is a really powerful day and we absolutely love being a part of it. Alex, you've just got out of a car here. The smile on your face, Alex. How was it? Go on. It was, it was exhilarating. I like speed. A bit loud at first, but you, you get past the noise and enjoy it. Well, it's not just classic cars that we've got here today. We've also got a lot of driving instructors here with their learning cars, giving people a go at actually driving themselves. Now, John Parry has been organising this. I think it's very important because ourselves as driving instructors and people who drive in general take it for granted that you can just drive. And those who have been born blind or have lost their sight and lost their driving licence have lost the ability to drive and to be able to give something back to them and give them that experience again really means a lot. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Don't worry, I'm not going to start singing. I'm Charlotte, the events coordinator here at Galloway's, and just wanted to give a quick update as to what's happening this festive season. So, as always at Christmas, we've got lots going on. 
um, including we've got a Christmas concert, which is happening in Hemwitham Parish Centre on the Tuesday, the 7th of December. So there'll be lots of festive songs, some pies, mulled wine, um, which will be brilliant. We've also got our Santa Dash is returning this December. It's taking place on Sunday, the 12th. Uh, setting off from Howick in Pemberthin. And included in your registration fee, you get your very own Santa suit and medal. Um, and we can't wait to see you there. Coming back this year is our grotto and gift wrapping service in St George's. Um, so Santa will be seeing all the girls and boys, um, checking their checking his list to see if they've been naughty and nice. Um, and that's taking place from the end of November right through until Christmas Eve. And our gift wrapping service um, takes place from Wednesday, the 15th of December. So hopefully if you are in Preston uh, City Centre, do come down um, and say hello. Recently, we've got a number of Christmas cards and Christmas merchandise, uh, which can make the perfect present or treat. Um, and as I say, also 15 Christmas cards um, to send to loved ones to wish them happy Christmas and best wishes for the new year. If you are interested in taking a look at our Christmas cards or want to order any, then please visit our shop online, which is www.galloways.org.uk forward slash shop, or give us a call on 01772 Thank you. Bye. Galloway's Christmas Party event. Join us from the comfort of your own sofa for the Galloway's Christmas Party. Friday, 3rd of December 2021. 7pm until 8.30pm. To get you all laughing, we will be joined by visually impaired comedian James Connell. The fun doesn't stop there, as you will also be entertained by our very own Andrew Coleman, who will be singing swinging Christmas songs. And you can enjoy all of this while munching on a small festive food hamper, delivered to you before the night. Join us using either your telephone or, for those of you who have internet access, your smartphone or tablet through the Zoom app. Tickets are £10 and are available by calling 01772-744-148 before Friday, November 19th. So, now you've heard details of our Zoom Christmas party, do you want to hear more from one of our acts? Here is James Connell talking about his journey as a visually impaired comedian. I volunteered for the RMIB and I've worked as a volunteer in Galloway's as well in the early days um, because it was Galloway's that put me in touch with with uh, the eye clinic because what I found was um, when you go when you go blind so, so quickly or you, you lose your sight so quickly you don't know where to turn to you don't know who to because it's not something you've got on speed dial really and um, like I always say the first blind person I ever met was me so you know, 
you don't know what to do. So Galloway's put me in touch with the eye clinic and I started going to Galloway's after that, after I got treatment. I went and um, went to the Braille classes and uh, all the driving days and found a good support community there. Um, and when I started doing the, the comedy, that was a way of talking about it in a, in a, a lighter kind of um, sense, but still pointing out the, 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 the troubles and the struggles that you had as a visually impaired person in a sighted world. Um, so it seems to have, um, it, it's definitely opened up a different world for me, uh, the comedy side of it. Where have you been doing your, your comedy routines? It's, it's all over the Northwest I've been going. I've been to Wales and um, we're, we're going around Southport, being local in Southport. When I first started in 2018, I did a comedy course. At the end of it, you had to do a five-minute stand-up, which was absolutely petrifying at the time. Um, I've always stood at the bar and, and done things like that, or with family, always, you know, telling jokes or whatever. But to stand in front of an audience for the first time with a microphone was just such a daunting thought. But uh, as soon as I did it, that was it. I was hooked. Um, and I actually ended up doing the course six times just so I could get this uh, gig at the end of it, this uh, five minutes. And by the, I think, the fifth course, the person running the course had stopped. So me and my mate, who we'd met on the second course, uh, we still run gigs together. Uh, we decided to continue the, the, the comedy course, and we, we taught it for the last session of it. Um, and again, we got a gig at the end of it. By then, we were running or we were doing gigs all over Southport in different pubs and bars and things and cafes um, just to get the experience. Um, because the whole idea for us was to, to do it for free, to enjoy it, um, to get the experience, and then hopefully get into the Southport Comedy Festival the following year. So we reckoned if we got like uh, 50, 50 performances in in the year, we'd be ready for it. But um, we got into that. But then we got lockdowns and things. So I kind of put a hold on everything for the last 18 months. So um, we've only just started going back out. What does it mean for you to be able to deliver comedy routines to your peers at Galloway's? Oh, it's, it's brilliant. When I did it, I think in July, um, when I did it the first time, um, that's the first time I'd ever done a Zoom comedy gig. Uh, and that was actually my first performance in 15 months was to Galloway's I just sat and talked for 35 minutes it, it means a lot to be um to be able to give something back because like I said in the early days it was Galloway's that that, that helped me more than than any other uh, agency um and I got a lot of good friends there um, but it's good, good to know that they're on the other side of the phone and they're laughing and maybe having a good time um, having probably at some point they've they've sort of chatted to me when I first lost my sight and helped me, so it's good to be able to think. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm making them smile because they made me feel better ten years ago. Um, it's it's a great feeling to do to do that. I mean, I did a I did a, an award ceremony for RNIB about two or three years ago, and that was a room full of about a uh, hundred visually impaired people. Um, and their, their partners and guides and things. And that was great to be able to hear a room of people who'd gone through what I'd gone through or were just going through it, to hear them laughing and recognising some of the situations I was talking about. Strange things happen when you're visually impaired. Um, 
and to everybody, everybody gets the same kind of little like, I'm sorry, I didn't see you, or you know, somebody will open a door for you to, to help you. You don't, you don't know they've opened the door, and so they wonder why you didn't thank them. So there's all sorts of things that happen to everybody. So I just take notes of that and write it down and feed it back. And it's great to get that recognition when people go, yeah, yeah, that's that's I've done that, I've been there, I've I've had that happen. It's it's quite a joy to 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 build it, feed that back. Right. And so how do you feel about performing at our Galloway's Christmas party uh, over Zoom on Friday, 3rd of December? It's a bit daunting when I first did it in July because I hadn't done Zoom before. But I'm looking forward to it now, um, doing the two short sets. Um, uh, although you did have uh, Jimmy Cricket last year, so that's, a, that's big shoes to fill. Um but uh, yeah, it should be it should be a good night. I mean, I've got a I'll have a lot of um, new material written by then. I, I'm constant. I'm always constantly writing. One thing I do enjoy is, is the writing. The thing that takes the time is the editing and putting it into some kind of uh, some kind of order for a performance uh, to just keep it flowing. But the writing is it's it's constant. Um, so I'll have a lot of new material by then, and not necessarily all visually impaired related. Um, I still t- I talk about my childhood and used to be at sea when I was a sailor before um, in the 90s and um, I was I think at 12 years at sea um, so I talk about that and all sorts of things been all around the world and things so I'm hoping to to um, paint some nice pictures for people um, so that should be good and could you give us a couple of quick gags <laughs> People always put you on the spot, you know. Um, some quick gags. Um, I can, I can. Some of the one-liners I used to do when I used to talk about my wife. I talk about my wife a, a lot because it's my wife that got me into comedy, and she's generally nine times out of ten she's with me at the uh, at the gigs. Um, and I used to say that uh, we went through the car wash yesterday with my wife, and she, my wife said she was facing the wrong way, so she turned round, and uh, which didn't do any good because then the steering wheel was behind her, and. Uh, we pulled into a petrol station and my wife started filling up. But I'm not sure why she gets emotional in filling stations, but there you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's little things. I throw them in, in the middle. There's, there's loads of little ones. Like I, we have a dog and this always gets an awe. When we've got a lovely little dog called Poppy, who's a little uh, Shih Tzu Chihuahua. And um, she's a lovely little thing. But recently she bit, she bit my auntie and we had to have her put down which was absolutely devastating because she was my favourite auntie and I really miss her. Oh dear. <laughs> Breakfast smoothie consisting of kale, bananas, blueberry, oats, almond milk, natural Greek yoghurt and a drizzle of honey. Smoothies are really easy to make. Just chop up your chosen items and put them in a blender. If you're looking for some eye-friendly ideas for tea tonight, why not try pistachio-crusted salmon with kiwi salsa? Pistachios contain two carotenoids, gluten and zeicanthin, not found in most nuts. These carnitinoids function as a protective antioxidants. 
And believe it or not, kiwi fruits tops the list for fruits that contain the same two carotenoids. Enjoy! This serves four people, and the ingredients you need are one tablespoon of oil, three quarters of a cup of shelled, roasted, unsalted pistachios, the zest and juice of a medium lemon, which is about two to three tablespoons of juice, an eighth of a teaspoon of cayenne pepper, or just enough to taste, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of freshly ground black pepper, four five-ounce salmon fillets, preferably wild-caught, one to two tablespoons of honey, warmed. You'll need a higher amount if the fillets are skinned on both sides. And for the kiwi salsa, you'll need six small peeled kiwis, medium diced, one small peeled cucumber, one medium diced large jalpeno, finely finely diced, one red or yellow bell pepper, medium diced, one medium red onion, medium diced, a third of a cup of roughly chopped fresh cilantro, one to two limes, the zest and juice, salt and pepper to taste. And the instructions, preheat the oven to 350 degrees F. Use either a rimmed baking sheet lined with foil or an iron skillet. Oil either side of the baking sheet or the skillet with the oil and place in the oven, allowing it to heat while prepping the fish. Place the pistachios, lemon zest and juice and seasoning in the bowl of a food processor and pulse to coarsely chop the mixture until it begins to stick together. Carefully pour the mixture into a shallow bowl. Pat the fillets with a paper towel and evenly brush the warmed honey onto the fillets on both sides if it's skinned or on the top only if one side is not skinned. Dip or pat the skinned sides of the fish with the nut mixture, pressing down slightly. Carefully place the fish on the oiled hot sheet or skillet and bake in a preheated oven until the fish flakes easily. This could be between 12 and 20 minutes depending on the thickness of the fillets and how well you prefer your fish to be cooked. Serve with the kiwi salsa. To make the kiwi salsa, gently mix all the ingredients together in a bowl. Taste and adjust the seasoning, including the lime juice. Add a bit of honey if you would like to make it a little sweeter. It makes about two cups. And here are some ideas for variation. Use the pistachio mixture with another fish fillet. For the salsa, use less kiwi and substitute with either strawberries, mango or pineapple pieces. Substitute mint for the cilantro. You can serve the salsa with chips, with tacos or with grilled pork or chicken. Hi, this is James. Just to give you a quick update of what's been happening with the the Get Active. As you've heard earlier in the show, we've had an amazing driving day couple of weeks ago uh, with people attending and getting the chance to drive around in all sorts of different cars 
And I think the star of the show, I think everyone would agree, would have been the the Mark II Escort rally car. Um, despite the weather, I think everybody had a fantastic time. We've also had a sailing day, which again was pretty wet and a little bit chilly. But those that attended had a, a really good day and there was plenty of wind to, to be able to sail. Also coming up, which is going to be next week as I re record this, we're trying something completely different and we're hoping for, for good weather for this one. And that is some gliding at Boland Forest Gliding Centre. So something completely new that we've, we've never done here at Galloway's before. So hopefully... Fingers crossed, touch wood and everything else like that, we'll have some good weather for it. And if it goes well, maybe it's something we can offer again at a later stage. Another thing that's gone really well this last month or so has been the This Girl Can uh, programme that we've had within the, the Get Active group. We had British Blind Sport and National Lottery as part of the This Girl Can. And we've had sessions of Nordic Walking, balance and stretch exercises and we're just about to start Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, the balance and stretch has been really well received uh, as has the Nordic walking. Um, we've had people asking about balance and stretch whether we'll be able to do things like that again in the future which I'm sure we'll be able to do something and hopefully if the Jiu-Jitsu goes well we may be able to offer that up for, for everybody as well. So looking forward at things that are going to be coming back on board, assuming everything's okay with COVID and, and things like that, which is, is still with us. We're going to be restarting the archery, which is going to be on the first and third Thursdays, uh, one till three, and that starts on the 4th of November. We've started our cricket, which started on the, the 19th of October, and that's going to run every two weeks. So the next one of that is on the 2nd of November. And that's every two weeks. And that's indoor at Bamber Bridge Tennis Centre. The climbing, we've had one session of climbing so far. And the next one is on the 5th of November. And that is going to be the first Friday of the month um, at Preston Climbing Wall. Um, absolutely amazing centre now. So if you fancy having a good climbing, Give me a call. On to the walks. On the 1st of November, we've got a walk which is going to be in the, the Leyland area. The 8th of November, we're doing a walk in the Southport and West Lanks area, um, which I'm thinking we may do uh, the walk from Hunters Hill and Harrock Hill, uh, which is in West Lancashire. Um, there's a recent vid video we put up on there on our YouTube channel uh, and the Get Active Facebook group. So if you want to see what that walk's like, have a look and, and see what you think. It is one of our more challenging walks, that one, but it's a, a, a really good walk. Um, it's about four miles, is that one. On the 13th, we've got another session of curling, which is proving to be popular again. That's at the Flower Bowl at Barton Grange. And on the 17th of November, we've got another day of sailing at Rivington. And then for the, the rest of November, we've got a walk on the 18th in Lancaster and Morecambe area. 
and again on the 22nd which is going to be in Preston so you can see we've been really busy just lately bringing more and more activities back on board um, they are proving very popular so if there's anything you fancy that we've mentioned or if there's anything else that you want to have a go at get in touch with us let us know and we'll see what we can do so hopefully we'll see you on some of the events and look after each other stay safe and we'll see you soon thanks for now It's been a while since we've had a quiz on Galloway Tie, so let's get your thinking caps on. Here we go with question one. What does cinco mean in Spanish? Question two. Which card game would you aim to get the number 21? Question three. How many stripes are there on the American flag? Question four. What number is referred to as fish, chips and peas in bingo? Question 5. What is the rule of 14 in bridge? Question 6. Julius Caesar was assassinated on the 15th of March 44 BC, a date now often known by what term? Question 7. Where did the Great Fire of London begin? On the 2nd of September, 1666. Question 8. Where was Napoleon Bonaparte born? Question 9. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and... Who was the third astronaut involved in Apollo's 11 mission that landed on the moon? Question 10. Which part of Berlin was enclosed by the wall? Question 11. Who created the World Wide Web in 1990? Question 12. Who invented the first TV using scissors, an old tea chest and some sealing wax? Question 13. Famously, what were the first ever tea bags made from? Question 14. Name one of the three men attributed to inventing the radio. Question 15. Who flew a kite in a thunderstorm to discover electricity in 1752? Question 16. What film is this famous line from? They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Question 17. Who directed Titanic, Avatar and Terminator? Question 18. Name any two of the three movies in which Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks have starred together. Question 19. The Magnificent Seven is a remake of which iconic Japanese film? Question 20. 
What's the name of Humphrey Bogart's character in Casablanca? And finally, here's a bonus riddle for you to solve. I have branches but no fruit, trunks or leaves. What am I? Are you ready for the answers? Here we go. Question 1. What does cinco mean in Spanish? And the answer is five. Question 2. Which card game would you aim to get the number 21? And the answer is blackjack or pontoon. Question 3. How many stripes are there on the American flag? And the answer is 13. Question 4. What number is referred to as fish, chips and peas in bingo? And the answer is 33. Question 5. What is the rule of 14 in bridge? And the answer is... Pin back your ears, you're going to have to listen to this. Only respond in a new suit at the level 2 when your total points added to the number of cards in your suit equals 14 or more. Question 6. Julius Caesar was assassinated on the 15th of March, 44 BC, a date now often known by what term? And the answer is the Ides of March. Question 7. Where did the Great Fire of London begin? On the 2nd of September, 1666. And the answer is... Thomas Farriner's Bakery on Pudding Lane. Question 8. Where was Napoleon Bonaparte born? And the answer is Corsica. Question 9. Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and... Who was the third astronaut involved in Apollo's 11 mission that landed on the moon? And the answer is Michael Collins. Question 10. Which part of Berlin was enclosed by the wall? And the answer is the West. Question 11. Who created the World Wide Web in 1990? And the answer is... Tim Berners-Lee Question 12 Who invented the first TV using scissors, an old tea chest and some sealing wax? And the answer is John Logie Baird Question 13 Famously, what were the first ever tea bags made from? And the answer is Silk. Question 14. Name one of the three men attributed to inventing the radio. And the answer is Nikola Tesla, 
Guillermo Marconi and Alexandra Popov. Question 15. Who flew a kite in a thunderstorm to discover electricity in 1752? And the answer is Benjamin Franklin. Question 16. What film is this famous line from? They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. And the answer is Braveheart. Question 17. Who directed Titanic, Avatar and Terminator? And the answer is James Cameron. Question 18. Name any two of the three movies in which Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks have starred together. And the answer is... You've got Mail, Sleepless in Seattle or Joe versus the Volcano. Question 19. The Magnificent Seven is a remake of which iconic Japanese film? And the answer is... Seven Samurai. Question 20. What's the name of Humphrey Bogart's character in Casablanca? And the answer is Rick Blaine. And the answer to the riddle, I have branches but no fruit, trunk or leaves. What am I? Is a bank or a shop? 